0: What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Clackbox. I'm your host here, Cody Clackler. And hey, if you were listening, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of that. And uh, if you are listening on iTunes, do me a favor, leave a like, five stars, and a review and a comment. That really, really helps us out. Um, if you were listening in Sweden, hey, thank you for listening there. have got a couple of listeners there. And if you are listening in the United Kingdom. Thank you so much. Have a Curly Whirly, which is my favorite candy of all time. Uh, have one of those for me. I appreciate it if they still make them. But we are here. My good friend Nathaniel is back with us from his trip. If you listen to episode two, we talked about him going on this journey that God had for him on this mission trip. He is back. So everybody say hi, Nathaniel. What's up, dude? Howdy. Happy to be back. How are you?
1: I've been good. been good. You good? have finally me? recovered. So you've been back for like two weeks now, right? Two, two, almost three, yeah. Almost two, three? Two, three weeks, yeah.
0: No more jet lag?
1: <laughs> no, it, took, it did take a while to get normal again. So, like, total flight time, what did you have? Ooh, um, just in the air, about 20 hours-ish. But as far as travel and layovers and all that, closer to 30, 36.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So you were gone for 10 days?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How long were you actually
1: there? I was there about seven.
0: And the rest was travel?
1: Um, the rest, I spent a good three to four days just traveling. And it's hard because you, you go to like, you miss a day and you gain a day. So like the math hurts my head a little bit. <laughs> like, wait, what day is this? Is this inception? Like what's going on? <laughs> it's been from day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun.
0: So were you um, just overwhelmed getting back?
1: Yeah. 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 Um, like emotionally, Mm -hmm. um, spiritually, physically just drained. And it took a week to two weeks to feel like myself again. Just, I lost, I probably lost 10, 15 pounds, um, in that short amount of time. Um,
0: so it's a, it's a great weight loss program, is what you Yeah,
1: saying. yeah, forget forget uh, any of those other Weight Watcher programs. Just go on a mission trip to where I went, <laughs> you'll lose it quick. <laughs> so part of that, though, we
0: talked about was because of um, the cuisine.
1: <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, the cuisine is, is good, but it's unique. And um, <laughs> I, I'm not one to say no to food. Um, and I'm also not super picky and I also don't like, uh, I don't want to be disrespectful. So if you put something in front of me, I'm going to eat all of it and pride to my demise <laughs> a little bit because some of the things that are in their food, my, my stomach was not prepared for. <laughs> so, yep. That That's was hilarious. Yep. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. I think we can all see where this is going. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so we'll leave that. It wasn't, it wasn't because the amount of food you didn't eat. It, no. It was just the way that it affected you. Yes, yeah, it affected me. Mm-hmm. Um, was there something that was surprisingly good that you didn't, like, mm.
1: you ate and then you were like, oh, this is actually pretty good. I didn't think it would be good. Um, there was, a, like, a meatball soup, uh, which, like, hmm. in America, well, not really American, but there's a Mexican soup called a bondigas. It's like a meatball, kind of vegetable, chunky soup. Okay. Um, and it tasted like that, and I loved that. So that was really good. But when I saw it, I'm like, what meat is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like an episode of Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of bobs to the top.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, wow. So, So you go 10 days here on this. Um, adventure. Now you called it a vision trip. Yes. Mm -hmm. So now we're back. Yeah.
1: Do you have an answer to that? You know, I, when I went, I thought I was, I was pretty sure that God was going to, um, very explicitly tell me to stay there, not stay there. Like, all right, babe, (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll see you later. Can you pack yourself? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, no, but I I felt like I would have this long-term call. And when I got back and throughout the whole time there, I never got that um, expressive or explicit like feel or this, this call. Um, but what I got rather was kind of a, um, a heart for the people there and um, kind of more of a vision for what the future holds as far as my role with being in America and then partnering with the people over there and and leading teams there potentially so it was a different it was different than I anticipated for sure what do you mean it was different than what you expected like I expected like a, um I don't know just more more clarity I think was was I, what I expected and when I got back it was more like um keep doing what you're doing is that what you were praying for I think I was praying for, clair- for, like, very, ex- like, clear, like, go. I want you to, like, this is what, m- maybe five years from now, maybe, like, next year, but it'll be, like, you're going to move there. I just, I anticipated that, and then I never got it. I'm like, okay. Was that a little unsatisfying? You know, it wasn't. I thought it would be. Um, and I think uh, a part of me was a little scared that it would be that answer. Uh, um, so when I didn't get that, it wasn't It wasn't necessarily relief, but it was a um okay God, like I'll, it was almost like a continue to do what you're doing," which was nice to hear hmm. like like you're on the right track, um, but you don't um I was expecting to have this huge faith racking like pack up and move you're moving like next month type of thing, and so it was a little bit of relief, a little like honestly, I mean the human side of me was like. Okay, okay, I don't have to like quit my job and grace like, support within the next month type yeah. of thing. I, I still get to shave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't have to eat locusts. Yeah, no. Oh, gosh, locusts <laughs> and honey, that's all we had. <laughs>
0: totally not true. Um, so I, I struggle sometimes with a little bit of what I think you're alluding to. Mm-hmm. Is I'm really good at giving God the destination.
1: Yeah.
0: The journey is what I kind of like to control. So when he puts something like that in front of you and it's, he's like, nah, just stay on the journey.
1: There's no, there's no destination yet. Do you? Yeah, that's hard. Um, And and I've been saying this since kind of the beginning of this whole thing. Um, God truly has been like a a lamp into my feet Mm. and that's it. Like I see my feet. I see maybe a little bit of the next step. So I'll go through that step, but I can't see anything. Be, and I kind of have this vague like idea of what's way, way ahead, but it's too blurry and, like, obscure for me, and vague for me to really, like... Super hazy. Yeah. So it's just, he's been a lamp, like, right in front of me. And that's, I've been trying to just faithfully step through those little steps, but it is so, I think, frustrating um, to not be able to plan it, not be able to, like... Yeah, I know what the next eight steps are of my life. And this, those are the things I'm going to do. It's like, all right, God, I went. What's next? Oh, right there. Okay. But, like, can you give me a couple more hints? <laughs> well, and that's because that's part of where you're at is the, in this idea
0: that, okay, that's done. This year-long journey is done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so what's next? Is, I'm always like, what's next? What's next? And so I, I, I think I kind of have a, an idea of what's next. Um.
0: Save that. Hmm? We need to ask that later. Okay. All yeah, right. Save that. Okay. So you, we talked before on the podcast about you were getting text messages of pictures of mm. X-rays, yeah. mm-hmm. and of potential patients. Yeah. Then you go and I. Some of those pictures you sent it wasn't very many that I saw but I saw a few of them yeah and
1: <sighs> terrible yeah it, the um, where I was the medical profession one of the foreign doctors that I had met said that this, this country is about 50 to 60 years behind medically where like modern medicine is so where America would be they're about 50 years behind. So there's no, no version of physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. There's no training for that. It doesn't exist in the entire country. And so you get a lot of kids.
0: Is that 50 years behind on the treatment side or the education side?
1: I would... Hmm.
0: Do, you, do you see what I'm asking? Yeah,
1: yeah, Maybe both, to be honest. So they have, so they have a medical school. Um... But one of the the folks that I was talking to, they kind of change biology a little bit, um, so they want the men to be men are mm, the leader of the family, and they're the ones that are you know held high, held to high esteem, and the woman is not. And so, if they can't have a son, they say it's a woman's fault. And in the medical school, they train that. Biologically, it's the woman that, that dictates that. That dictates that. But we know. But we know biologically, it's not true. Right. And so, I'd say education-wise, yeah, it's probably about. It's probably pretty far behind. Now there are some good, some good doctors. Um, I met. I met at least one that he's a good doctor. But for, for the most part, um, but that's transplant. Is that a
0: transplant per se? Is that someone who didn't grow up in the you know medically he, in that system?
1: No, he, he, was a, he was a local. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. He, yeah, yeah. He, he was a local, um, and he was a local Christian, um, so that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and I think some of that, being a Christian, helped influence how good of a doctor he would be because there wasn't corruption or greed necessarily as prevalent. Um, so he was com- there's a lot of corruption and greed within the medical profession over there. So I'll mm-hmm. heal you, but this pill is going to cost you a lot of money. Slash, this pill is probably not what you really need, but it costs a lot of money, so take this pill. Really? Yeah, yeah especially with kids, babies. And I, th- I think I was seeing a lot of the repercussion of that with three, four years down the road, of these kids being highly sedated and having neurological delays and things like that. And so um, I was dealing with the remnants of that, and like, okay, now that this is done— how do I get you stronger? How do I get you walking? How do I get you f- rolling? Um, just being able to crawl as a three or four year old. Um, so it was,
0: which that trickles down to. It's not just one thing. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about that, right? It's yeah. a, it, it ends up being a, you know, feeding yourself, which then equals malnutrition, which then yeah. equals much muscle atrophy. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I said that word right, but <laughs> like. Um, that's so the whole gamut, yeah. of things that are all tied together. Mm-hmm.
1: I would not have thought about the corruption side, yeah, and that was shocking to me. I mean, it's only in America, bro. <clears throat> what was that? It's only in America, right? Yeah, only. Yeah, um, yeah. The corruption side is is, uh, is fascinating. Um, that blew my mind. I, I wasn't expecting that at all when oh, yeah. I went there, and um, and it's frustrating. But there's not a whole lot that like the guy that I was with. He was wanted to crusade for a while, and it frustrated him, and he would speak poorly of the doctors there to his patients and just raised a bunch of, a bunch of heck, I guess you could say. and um, Kicked up a bunch of dirt. <clears throat> yeah. And um, what he um, ended up um, kind of getting some backlash from that and being a foreigner, he didn't want to cause too much trouble. Um, because that could affect all the things that he was doing outside of just treating. So he had to kind of tone it back. And okay. so recently he's kind of been like, I mean, I'm going to educate when I can. I'm going to be loving and do what I can, but there's only so much corruption that I can help fight. So one of the
0: things that you brought up before was working with pediatrics, working with kids. Mm-hmm. So you get over there, you're working with kids. I see some of these... Pictures and X rays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can say that because there's not HIPAA laws, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, and some of their names are hard to pronounce anyway. <laughs> you're not breaking HIPAA law um, by showing showing me a picture. Um, <laughs> that's funny that I thought of that right then. Yeah. Huh. But what was the? Well, give me give me if you can mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. hardest thing that you saw. Ooh. The hardest or, or was it, thing, yeah. Or was it over just, just a collection of overwhelming? Was there a yeah. point of you breaking? Like, you just went, you went back to where, where you were staying and just, just went.
1: Yeah, there was, there was one girl, and you saw the x-ray for this. I don't know if she was the hardest. She was the hardest um, because she, she was 17. She had really bad scoliosis. And we think scoliosis here, we get checked, you know, in school, grade school. And they, they're very proactive about, all right, put a brace on, do these exercises, et cetera. Well, she didn't really have that. And um, it was the worst, the worst back that I had ever seen. And at 17, um, like she could, she—it was it hurt to breathe for her. It hurt to be in certain positions. Really? And she was so collapsed down and kind of crunched up that, I knew that there was nothing that I could do to to like improve, but there was something I could do to uh, to stop it from getting worse because it was getting worse by the by the day. Um, by the so, day, I mean I saw the X ray from five years ago, and it was it was bad, but it wasn't horrible. And then I saw the X ray from uh, three years ago, and that was the latest X ray they had, and it had it had it had gotten like. Twenty degrees worse, so collapsed down twenty more degrees, and that was three years ago. And that X-ray was already like, "Oh my gosh, how is she surviving?" Yeah, because what
0: I what I saw, and we didn't talk about it, but mm-hmm. what I saw was you start getting into the question
1: of like, how are your organs operating? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where she she's probably only functioning on one lung because she just doesn't have the space for it. I mean she looks um, she looks like she's collapsing down on herself. And so what I ended up diagnosing, I mean, it's hard. Patients come in, and you have an X X amount of minutes to, like, evaluate, assess, diagnose, treat, and then educate. And then the next patient comes in. So luckily with her, I had a little more time. Um, But there's this abnormality where your, your ligaments become too stretchy. And so with her... Um, like guys that are like double jointed or they like dislocate their shoulder a lot yeah that's like an actual like abnormality where oh. your ligaments are actually too lax so you ha- your muscles need to be trained to stabilize those joints well with her i think that's what was happening cuz her elbows would hyperextend just sitting there and she'd just sit with her elbow like hyperextending um, and her knees were collapsing in when she walked and her feet so as i'm watching her i'm like i think that's what the deal is so what she, her normal day is sitting on the ground, which is culturally what they do, and uh, watching soap operas. Um, and she, she would just kind of slump into that position worse and worse each day. So her ligaments didn't ha- were too stretchy, so they would just essentially just collapse more and more and more. And um, so she was, for sure, for me, one of the hardest because um, she's 17. She wants to—she feels a lot of shame— she feels a lot of pressure um, because she i think she's she's felt like a burden for so long because she knows she's not going to more than likely get married um, she's mm. not able to help out around the house a whole lot or doesn't want to, and um who's going to take care of her when she gets older yeah and and so um I kind of have to, had to speak some truth into her life a little bit because. I think she's become kind of almost apathetic towards her condition. and She's like, you know what? Um, This is just my life. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to watch TV, and that's just the way it's going to be. And so I had to kind of say through a translator, if you don't improve, like, do you want to breathe? Do you want to be able to function? Because it's going to get worse if you don't do these things. If you don't change your lifestyle, then it's going to get worse and worse and worse.
0: So one of the... The things with this, and I I run into this, uh, ministry, you get the ability to kind of, you end up playing this parental, friend, uncle, mentor role all collapsed into one. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So me, you know, um, last Wednesday night, having a conversation with a couple of students, it ends in prayer, you know, um, hugs. But so I think about me in that situation and I'm sitting there going, how do you
1: not go relational? Yeah. I think some of that is uh, having worked in the medical field for a while now, I I can separate a little bit, um, but I don't want to. I want to be relational. I think that's why I love my job is because I can be relational. But then, especially there, I'm... There's a lot of respect with what I do. And so um, I'm in a place of authority. So I can speak truth kind of, not harshly, but very, like, this needs to be done. But then at the same time, be joking and loving and, like, um, try and build rapport um, with the patient. So, like, with her, I mean,
0: seeing, I mean, that (laughs) tragedy is the word. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Are,
0: Are you... Just yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking. Me being face to face with that patient, i will call the patient mm-hmm. that girl. Yeah, I, I'm just like you know, and maybe this is the the goofy side of me, but I'm just kind of like, I want to hug all of you. I just want to carry you. I want to take you home. I want to you know. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. So, did you have did you have any moments uh-huh. even back where you were staying where you were questioning? God, like, why is this going on? What for the specific person, or in general, or like, did you did you struggle emotionally with what you were seeing?
1: Yeah, I, I think the the thing that I struggled with the most was how much better care they would have had if they were like anywhere else. Um, Just the lack of care, the lack of education, the lack of um, like resources. I think was the most the hardest thing because I would see patients that. Could I? I could see that if they were in America, they would not be where they're at. They'd be fine. Yeah, they would be. Yeah, they would be fine. Um, and so that w- that's that was the hardest thing for me.
0: Well, and with this girl, particularly, you're watching someone who, you know, there would have been issues here.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But
0: diagnosed quickly, and mm-hmm. in our system. Yeah. Like the trajectory changes. Yeah. Physically. hmm But I think what's what's hard for me thinking about this and I'm Uh going to just compartmentalize my emotions and ignore what I'm about to say. (laughs) Okay. But is emotionally, mentally, spiritually, um, her trajectory would have changed. And so you're watching someone who, like you said, is just like checking off her life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Based on a physical thing. Yeah. And as a, so as a physical therapist, um, did that sorry. Are those two things Do they connect a lot with you, especially when you go somewhere like that? Like here you're probably not too much connected to that. Mm-hmm. You can say, like, I'm treating you physically. Mm-hmm. The emo- yes, you want to be loving and have great bedside manner and show the light of Jesus, but it's yeah. not like your emotional and mental well being is directly connected to how bad you're doing physically.
1: Yeah, that uh that that hurt hurt me for her because she you could tell that she she had was kind of checking out and at 17 I mean that is she didn't want to look in the mirror she didn't want to um she she didn't want to help out around the house I was like "You, you should we were we were jokingly saying you should do some chores which just be good exercise to be able to get up and move around and she's like no nah, I, I don't want to do chores that's ridiculous the normal 17 year old though <laughs> yeah there were yeah there were aspects so like it was hard cuz you would see these aspects of like a kid or just a teenager that just like even the negative like i don't want to do chores but it was like hey that's like that's that like like kind of fight is what like i i want i uh, like I, yeah. that's like normal um quote unquote normal um but then you she would go back to like eyes down, like, like I'm a burden. Um, and I'm wondering how much she, she had to get on a bus and drive two hours to get from her village to where I was so that I could treat her for another two, two and a half hours. And just, I wonder how much just feeling like, like, I'm sorry, mom, I'm sorry, grandma. Like, I know that this is another thing that you have to go take me to, um, and spend a whole day just going through the rain and the cold on a bus to get down here. Um, and that, yeah, it's see, seeing that like, yeah, there was definitely some burden there, and you can and you can see it on her eyes. And so I tried to make it light to to at where I could. Um, I asked what her favorite soap operas were, and you know things like that. Um, but it, it's hard, man. It was really hard to see that. So seeing all that,
0: mm-hmm. did you did you find your, your dialogue with God change a little bit? Or was there dialogue with God? Like, how did that impact you and God? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not trying to make it selfish. I'm just...
1: Yeah. You know, I... I think and I haven't really digested this completely I don't think. Okay. Um but I think that there's there's an aspect to hope that comes when there is um there is a church and there is this godly kind of influence. Um where I was there is there was just a lot of darkness. Did you lot, did you feel that? Oh my gosh. I felt like a, it was weird. It was like a like a heaviness and an emptiness. It was like heavy dark. Does that make sense? It was almost like huh. a void of spiritual like good, and then this heaviness of dark. And it was like this play of like feeling spiritually empty, but then like getting attacked and feeling like this just weight. Um, it was a. It was. A, I can't describe the dynamic spiritually because I never experienced it before, but. Um, yeah where I was there's, there's so few Christians um, and so few churches that you, yeah, it was weird. it was like a, an emptiness and a heaviness like it was like a heavy empty, which doesn't make any sense, but that's the only way that I can really describe it. and so I, my dialogue with God was kind of or my I just started to see this spiritual like battle where like this girl. Like she was not only being oppressed physically, but she was being oppressed spiritually and emotionally, and it was all tied together. Hmm. Um, And just not having that hope—the hope that we have in um, Christ—you could see that, like, in her eyes, because a lot of people are really good at distracting themselves with other things. Like, well, like I'm good at sports, or I'm going, I'm getting married, or you know, right. Um, she didn 't have any of that, and then on top of that she didn't she didn't have she wasn't able she 's not able to distract herself from her need for salvation i think and i like i said i haven 't digested that completely but <laughs> what was that last thing you just said so she wasn't able to distract herself from her need for salvation it's like she she need, she knew that she needed hope she she knew she was like acutely aware that, like, she was she was broken, and I think w- I don't want to downplay Americans or anyone else's testimony for sure, right? But I could see on her, like, that that like she was living not only in that moment of brokenness, but she was living it out. Like, this is it. Like, I sit in my house all day, physically broken, emotionally broken. Um, and I'm not even able to distract myself with anything except soap operas. Um, so yeah. there isn't even, like, fleeting moments of, like, well, I'm happy now. Okay, I can go do this thing, and then it's just sitting there in in brokenness. And that's not to downplay, like, that happens all the time any, everywhere to, right. every, no, no, I, to I a, a lot was... of people. Um, but seeing it, like, just on her face was, was hard. Well, we have the luxury and the curse mm-hmm. of,
0: ooh, the, I'm, I don't even know if this is a term, so I'm going to make it up. Okay, um, Somebody really smart is going to change this for me, but like salvational distraction. So what I mean mm-hmm. is we have, we have the the luxury and curse of other things that can save me. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm physically ailing, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. then I've got, well, at least I have this great home or, That, you know, 750 channels and Netflix and this and, um, you know, food is good and someone's going to take care of me and and it will eventually go away and all those things. Or, you know, my job sucks, but at least all this is good or whatever. There's all these things that rescue us. Yes. Um, where someone like that or someone here, you Mm -hmm. know, it doesn't change when they don't have any of that. Mm -hmm. um, it is that term of being at the end of the end of your rope. You don't have, like. You don't. The only thing that can save you is
1: eternal hope. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a better way of putting what I was trying to trying to say. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to. No, yeah. no, I like that because I was like, how do I clarify? Because yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to downplay anyone else's path or anyone else's journey or story because. There's for sure brokenness everywhere, but I was able to see it there um, probably for the first time that acutely, that like, that amount of brokenness in like spiritual, physical, emotional on a 17 year old.
0: With, I mean, literally in every aspect. Yeah. Kind of no light.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man. Did you see it in her eyes? Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, when she did make eye contact, it was, um. Hollow. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it looked like hopelessness. Um, and you, she, yeah, she would want, she would, she would listen. She would be respectful. She would like do what I asked her to do. Um, but there was very much a like, I mean, I guess I'll do it because you're telling me to and I want to be respectful and that's what I'm supposed to do. But I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to later unless someone tells me to. Because what's the point? Were you thinking you would see that? No. No. I, I was expecting to see some pretty bad like, cases, um, some pretty bad conditions, but, yeah, not, not that type of hopelessness. Um, and she was one of the only ones that I saw that, was, that had that. A lot of the other kids in the other places that I saw... Um, you could see some um, despair on like the parents' face. Mm -hmm. Um, like what can we do? Will they ever walk again? Asking like questions that I really couldn't answer on based on like 30 minutes of seeing this kid. Um, but on the kids' faces, they're just, most of them were younger. I think that they hadn't been living with whatever they had for 17 years. Um, most of them are younger. And so they're just I'm just a kid just doing my thing. Um, but i did see that that despair and hopelessness not not as much but a little bit more on the adults the parents the parents side yeah i can totally see that mm-hmm. so um like, with the community,
0: we talked about, and you were doing some, we did a, a quick, so we're we're in Wise County, Texas, right? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's a lot of it is pretty much what you would think. Like, yeah. if you're somewhere else in the world and you're thinking Texas, yeah, it's pretty close to that. Like, yeah. you, there's more Texas horses than your, cars. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Texas in your head is <laughs> where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: for the most part. Um, uh, we have hipsters on horses. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you're one of them, sir. No. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> But uh, we talked about like we just quickly, really fast, in like thirty seconds counted twenty-one churches in a twenty-mile radius. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and we know we're missing some.
1: And there's it's we're not in a metroplex or a metro metro, metropolitan metropolitan area. Yeah, yeah. You said that right? No, not anyway. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) Um, yeah. What is there like eighty thousand people in our county? Something like that. Yeah. So. so that 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 changes the dynamic because you said where you were
1: you were trying to do some quick stuff so Mhm. Yeah, so uh, if I was talking to some of the folks I was with and I asked how many how many churches are in this city. So I was in uh, the biggest city in the in the country which isn't huge but it's it the biggest city and they said maybe 10. And I was like okay, let's not a lot for any, by any means, um, but it's the biggest city. Okay, how about uh, in the country? And They said maybe twenty. And so when we were talking about Wise County in Texas, we're in three. We were counting just three small towns of Wise County. Yeah, smaller towns. Tw- we counted what twenty-one yeah. just off, like right off the bat. Right. That there, there are more churches in three small towns of Texas. Than there are in an entire nation, an entire country. That just, to me, that just, that blows my mind. And, and just,
0: I'm going to say this for scale, but vaguely enough, you're talking seven figure population. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're talking like um, roughly the size of Virginia, the country. Okay. And and all of those churches are probably 40 people. Yeah, not a lot. No. Not definitely not a lot. I wouldn't know the exact numbers. Um, but, so, but so you're talking about Well, we're not we're not talking about like 10 point, mega
0: churches. 0.1%. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, we're talking percentage of Christian? Ye- uh, yes. Yeah, less than less than 1 1%. One
0: So you're over there boots on the ground Mm -hmm. knowing that do you get paranoid do you get (laughs) wigged out do you yeah
1: uh I didn't know what to expect I mean I had read stuff I had heard about things um but I I didn't know what to expect and to be honest there was a little bit of fear but but not so much fear like like, I thought I would be kidnapped or, or something like that. The fear was just, I've never experienced, I don't know what to expect. I've never experienced being in a minority group that, like, spiritually, a spiritual minority group that small, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and that if I were to say certain things, it would make people react differently. Like, if I said um, missionary, that had horrible connotations. Um, really? So I couldn't really. We would say "m," like he's, she's an "m" kid, or there's an "m" conference, or whatever, um, because missionary was, was just not a word you wanted to use. Um, Can I ask what? Like, why not? Um, I think a lot of it is a lot of the, the the missionaries that are there are there doing some really cool work with. Um, like NGOs and the people I was with, with therapy and, um, doctors doing a lot of like amazing things physically as a means to get to the, the deeper spiritual stuff. And so, um, I think a lot of the local people, uh, really appreciate and love the physical things. Like you're bringing education, you're bringing medicine, you're bringing things that, um, Skills that that we desperately want and care about, but don't don't start impeding on the spiritual side of things. And so, what I don't think that's I think the perception with with the whole missionary okay. thing. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, a lot of the, the the foreign workers would don't also don't want to be kicked out of the country because they're ulterior motives are being found out you know what I mean I think there's some like perhaps some understanding yeah you're okay you're you're here you're you're a, I don't know, a doctor and you're um, treating people but you're also doing some spiritual stuff uh, keep it to yourself type of thing so if you start throwing around missionary like he's a missionary she's a missionary um, it it's becomes much more public and, would, and then they would just get kicked out of the so there's a, there's a fine line of playing the game oh yeah Yeah, there's definitely, like, the government's aware of churches, and they'll come and inspect churches and make sure that they're, like, not doing anything radical or crazy um, to their standards, (laughs) Um, and so it's it's not okay to evangelize children, Um, so the church I was at did a really cool job at investing in children, Um, and what they would do is the government would come, and they would hide all their stuff. And the kids would, would draw and just doodle and stuff. And the government would inspect and then they'd leave and then they'd start, continue their lesson. And what's cool is like the nine-year-old I was with, she knew that. She's like, yeah, we just draw and pretend. It's crazy to think about so much of what we do would not be allowed. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's, was, but what's cool is the light of God and the, the heart of the, the pastor he said something to the some of the folks I was with he said you guys he said the whole congregation you guys think that we're distracting your kids so that way i can preach to you but really what's happening is i'm distracting you so we can preach to your children and that i was like that is so because they're so invested in the next generation of christians coming up being raised in the way being raised in truth being raised to walk to follow christ young wow um, because most of the people there are first-generation Christians. And that, with not even, like, a, I kind of know the basics of Christianity and now I become a believer, it's like I have no idea. And all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a believer, I believe this stuff, but I have no, no frame of reference. Yeah, like we, we
0: sometimes I struggle when I'm, when I'm preaching to go, just, like, have a reference, like, oh, the, you know, like David and Goliath, because there's an assumption that everyone kind yeah. of gets that idea. Uh-huh. Which sometimes they do. Like mm-hmm. if you're in a in, in, you know, big church with the adults, you know, you can say something like that and you know that 95% of the people are like, oh yeah, David and Goliath, I get the idea. Mm-hmm. Or I've heard that urban legend, if they say it's an urban legend or whatever, sure. right? Yeah. But to not have any context for any of that, mm-hmm. um, even what
1: the love of Christ is, mm. it would be very difficult. Yeah, the, just based, the, not the basic concepts of Christianity, but like the... The foundational things like the atonement the trinity um which like explaining the trinity is difficult but you know the basic like um the basic kind of tenets of Christianity um become like novel ideas and so you really have to get to like I'm I'm trying to figure out how to
0: word this where it doesn't sound contrite okay um, you definitely felt like you were doing kingdom work. Yeah. So when I asked the question, did you get to do any more in-depth kingdom work? Do you, Does that make sense what I'm asking?
1: Yeah, yeah I think so. I think so.
0: Because, I, let me give context to that question. Okay. Uh-huh. So you, so here in America and you do this physical therapy work, you've shared stories with me of how this, you know, I was getting this guy to extend his knee. And while we were doing that, we were also talking about, like, the Bible. John. Yeah. <laughs> First, yeah. <Okay>. Galatians 4. <laughs> um, was Hebrews written by a woman? Um, you know, those sort of things. But did that did that happen there at all? Were you
1: allowed to do any of that at all? Um, so from what's, what's really neat is um, there's... There's there's an ability I think to to speak truth into into people, um, kind of like uh, through my hands. Mm-hmm. So when I when I'm teaching and, and and helping people, I think that the people there ha- well they have the misconception that all Westerners and Americans are Christian. So <laughs> I think oh. they're are already assuming <laughs> like, hey, this guy has come all this way to help my kid, like why, why would you come all the way to this small place, um, to help my kid? And so I think that in the back of their head, they're already thinking like, this guy's probably a Christian. Okay. So something's different. Um, so there's that, as far as explicit, like say evangelism, I wasn't able to do any of that. And, and that, the reason for that is the, um, the folks I was with, They've laid such an amazing foundation and and are held to such high esteem Mm -hmm. as foreigners that they're able to do it more explicitly, but they've earned that um, ability. Um, They've earned the ability to, um, while treating people, um, they've earned the ability to say, hey, you know what, let me pray for you in the name of Jesus. And I I think that, and they're playing what I call the long game. Um, (laughs) And so, like, I heard someone say in this part of the world, when you're you're planting seeds in rocky soil, and um, there's a lot of, it's not good soil. (laughs) There's rocks, there's all this stuff in it. But you're planting seeds that maybe 20, 30, 40 years from now, you're going to see an amazing harvest. Okay. Um, so they they are what I would consider playing the long game, and and have earned the ability to to speak truth to evangelize more explicitly. And I didn't want to, and I didn't feel it was my place to kind of impede on that. Um, and not saying that I I wouldn't like I was afraid to. It was a, um what's the most effective way to do it? Um, and I think they were being effective with their ministry. And I was just kind of a, an arm of that.
0: Did that disappoint you, not being able to? Hmm. You know what? Because I... I know that you went in thinking, like, I could lead somebody to Christ.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was the most, um... it was an interesting mission trip. <laughs> because I think you go on a mission trip and you're expecting to, like, um, convert a bunch of people, right? Um, but I think a lot of the mission trips, short-term mission trips that we talk about are in places where it's not, I don't want to say it's hard, but with security and um, and the cultural anti-Christianity um, It it was difficult. So, yes, it it was a little disappointing (laughs) because I'm like, I want to save somebody eternally. Um, But I kept having to remind myself that I was impacting people's lives and I was planting seeds that I probably will never see the harvest. And I think that's hard in ministry to plant seeds in people's lives. I mean, as you know probably better than me, you plant a million seeds and you don't get to necessarily see the harvest, especially as a youth pastor. I mean, you plant, you, like. We, I talk about that
0: on, with, uh, with Tara. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that because we were like, why do we do something we feel so, we're actually incredibly unsuccessful at?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, so when I was, I was there, it was like, I, I, I know that, I assume that you assume I'm a Christian because that's just kind of the perception and I'm here helping your kid. Um, and I'm with somebody that I assume you also assume as a Christian. Has, has had more influence spiritually. Is able to have that influence and speak that truth. So um, just my, my presence there and what I was doing on the physical needs and loving on these kids. I think had impact and I think planted seeds. I pray planted seeds um, that God's going to use. Um, Cause there was, yeah, there were a lot of kids that, um, there, and the whole time I was there, I saw one dad with his kid to help bring his kid to treatment. Now, granted, most some of them are at work, some of them, but there's also a cultural norm of just mom takes care of it. Mom, that she's a kid's a burden. Mom, it's mom's fault. Mom takes care of it. Um, and so, wow. Um, I saw one dad the entire time I was there. Did you find anyone that was just like aggravated you were there, but they were there? Um, no, no, I don't think so. That's I, good. I, I think about it. Um, which was a little. I, I was in the back of my head, like, "Hey guys, I'm I'm wider than all of you, <laughs> <laughs> and my red hair is." I'm generically not from here. It's obvious. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't blend in in a lot of places, specifically there. Like, I don't blend in at all. Um, Yeah, I'm, like, transparent. (laughs) I'm so white. So, um, yeah, it was, yeah, I I didn't fit in, for sure, but... Um, This part of the world, I think that there's a misconception that it's it's dangerous, and there is danger for sure. I don't want to like downplay like the security and the safety and the danger, but I felt safer walking the streets of their capital than I would walking the streets of our capital. I felt more less likely to get mugged, (laughs) or or any like just I felt uh, just safe walking the streets there than I would in like Dallas downtown. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, and it was it was because I, I never would have thought I'm, you had said that. I'm pretty country, <laughs> and so cities in general, I'm like, oh my goodness, a building. Um, and so, but being being there, um, that's bigger than the courthouse. Yeah, that's <laughs> tall. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt I felt more safe, and I, and I talking with some of the people there. Sorry, I just <laughs> that's bigger than big ticks <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's awesome. Sorry. <laughs> the most Texas thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, the state fair. Yeah. Um, sorry. Oh uh, yeah. So I yeah, I felt safer and which was a weird experience uh to be like walking in a place where I anticipated being like I'm going to have to hide like cuz I stick out. <laughs> um and it was it was wasn't like that at all. I felt comfortable.
0: So oh, yeah. I experienced this, and, and a lot of us um, guys experience this when we go on my guys' trip. Ah. We'll get back, and it's like um, I'm aggravated with every little thing. And, like, mm-hmm. I remember early on before I was aware of this, like, year five and six and even seven of the trip, Allison would, you know, we of a we'd be in an argument with me being home in like five for five hours. A lot of times we think Satan's going to attack on the front end. hmm Then we get that he's going to attack while we're there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But here's what I think. I think he attacks when we get back from things like that. Mm. Because if, it's, if he can make it come across as it wasn't helpful, there's no reason to go back.
1: That's a good point, yeah.
0: Right? So if he attacks your marriage and your family and mm-hmm. you as a parent, then it's like, why, why would I support you going back to that? Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Am I oh, explaining yeah. that really yeah,
1: well? That's, that's fantastic. That's good.
0: Yeah, because that, that, would, that would happen on, on these guys trips. Guys would get back and be like, you know. I can't go back. Y- yeah, you're just, a, <laughs> you, 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 you're a grump. You don't have any patience. You're tired. You're more tired because we, you know, we shenanigans the whole time and stay yeah. up too late or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you're more tired and there's, a, there's a, a marital, you know, fight and this and this. And mm-hmm. it's like, um, I remember guys having conversations of like, I didn't, I didn't come back any better, mm. you know, where this is going on, this is going on, heck is breaking loose or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's to, it's to, to leave the impression that God didn't do anything. Yeah. That actually things got worse. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have the support to go back. Yeah. Um, did your, did your family, so here's my next question. So did your family get attacked while you were gone?
1: Like, so we live on a little farm. I call it a farmette. Starter farm. <laughs> it's, uh, farm it's, <laughs> Um And so, I, I usually, I'm the one that deals with all the animals. Like, we have chickens, we have goats, we have cat, we have dogs, uh, we have a turtle. cat's not an animal. <laughs> it's not anymore. Um, <laughs> which leads to the next thing. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, so normally, I'm the one that takes care of all the animals. And I was only gone, I mean, only, uh, 10, 11 days is like an eternity for a mother of four yes um and the weather changed it became pouring down freezing um so uh our goat keeps getting out so i chained it up um kind of outside has plenty of grass you know it it was had plenty of room to go to roam had water all that stuff. it's like a hundred
0: yard chain yeah yeah,
1: Yeah. yes he's fine but uh one of the days, Amber went to stay with her mom. Came back, had a note on our mailbox from the sheriff that some neighbor had called and animal control and said we were performing animal cruelty on our goat. First of all, it's a goat. Um, he was he was getting prepared for Old Testament type sacrifice, so he's lucky to be alive. <laughs> so she had to, in the rain, um, drag him into our barn. Um, which he's a pretty big goat. He's kind. Of, he's a. He's kind of a turd. So th- she had to do with that. And then uh, one of the chickens was our dog likes to not kill the chicken but pluck the chicken. So <laughs> we'll pin it down and just kind of pluck all the feathers off its back. So Amber went out one day to feed the chickens, and one of them just bald. Whole <laughs> back got like a buzz cut. <laughs> She's um, doing part of the work for you. Yeah. So, so all of those... those are just like annoyances. But like, like no, none of those things happen While when I'm home. Yeah. And she's just having to deal with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in another part, the like other part of the world. Like, I don't know how to help you with this. <laughs> um, so that's not funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Amber. It it's it's really not funny, funny now. We can laugh. Now. Oh um, but yeah. So those are just like just three off the top of my head, like, things that she had to deal with that were for sure Satan trying to throw her off of just her game. Yeah. But at the same time, what was really cool was right when she dropped me off, Amber said, um, "She's like, I almost broke down. Like, it was like, he's gone. This, it's, I'm scared. Um, this is going to be hard. And she prayed, God, if you've called him to this, obviously— you need to, you need to make me give me the strength, the patience to do this. And she's like, we had one of our best weeks, despite all those like insane attacks. She's like, I was more patient. I had fun. I was I was energized. I felt good for like, you know, nine of those. Now they, near the end, it was like, okay, yeah, it's time to come home, babe. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, I had one of the best weeks, and it, spiritually, she just felt like filled up. Like, and it's so cool how God like. Supplied what she needed. Yeah, it was really neat. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So earlier we said, what's next?
1: Yeah. What's next? What's next? Yeah. So um, I want to lead teams back. I think that's the next. The next thing. Um, I'm. I'm. I am. I don't want to say for sure. Lord willing, I want. I'm going to go back next year or within a year and a half, two years, depending on work and time and all that. So that's my plan is to go back um, to continue to do some therapy, but I think part of my role in this is ed- educating the people here, because when we talk theoretically about like the unreached people, like I, I found them, like I was there, I was in a village where there's zero, uh, zero churches right. within probably three hundred miles, and so um, the idea of of that, um, and then also the like, fear that people have um, in America with that part of the world and and within the church. Um, I think part of my role too is uh, educating on like, you know, these people need Jesus. It doesn't... They, they all need Jesus. And if we're going to fulfill the Great Commission um, and go to all the nations, we need to go to that, the hard, the persecuted, the unreached people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... That's where my heart is, and so I want to kind of pour that out a little bit and, and potentially bring teams back to, to share that and to experience some of the things that I experienced. So that way um, maybe the, I don't know if I'm supposed to be a long-term um, worker there, but perhaps my role is to raise up some, some high school kid or some, some adult that is like, you know what? Thank you for bringing me here because this is what God has called me to do. Gotcha. Um, so I think that's what's next. I'm, we'll see. I'm um, in the baby phases of planning out. It's only been like three weeks since I've been back, but I'm starting yeah. to plan out the next, what's next. What's next. Yeah. That's awesome. But now
0: now our conversations can, back, can get back to, like, how bad of dads we are and husbands <laughs> we are and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. that'll be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... So anyways, thank you guys for listening. And if you have questions for Nathaniel, it may be easier for some of those questions to get answered through email. Yes. Um, so if you email me, Kleckler at gmail.com, I will forward those to him. Um, and we'll try to answer some of those. And if some of those can get answered on, on the podcast, we'll, we'll do that. Maybe do a Q&A if we have enough of those. Yeah. Um, but we just tried to stay somewhat generic just that way everybody's on on the safety issue and everything like that so Mm -hmm. get those to me again thanks for listening to the clack box and uh hope you enjoyed have a great day peace